0: You're listening to The Regular Podcast from Pete the Vet's blog. This was first broadcast on East Coast FM.
1: We're joined in studio uh, by Pete Weatherburn, our local vet from Bray Vet. Uh, Good morning to you, Pete. Good morning. Um, morning. We're going to be talking about a couple of different things. We're going to start off, um, first of all, which is a story that was in uh, a couple of the papers yesterday. And this is something that seems to be going on for quite a while. Greyhounds. And it seems to be a bit of a problem.
0: Yes. What, what what happened? I understand that what happened was um, outside Limerick in an old quarry, they found a, a mass grave containing the remains of around eight greyhounds, um, and the dogs. Basically, they were racing racing greyhounds that had been. Um, it, it, it seemed that they'd been killed by a blow to the head. So it seemed that they'd been killed by 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 their owner, um, which is a pretty grim kind of. Um, thought, mm-hmm. um, and um, it's still being looked into at the moment. The thing is the greyhounds are identifiable because they have a tattoo in their ear, and so, um, and apparently some of the tattoos on these do- these dogs were still were legible, and so the owner will be able to be tracked down, right, Okay. It, presumably it's going to be looked into. Mm-hmm. But I guess it, it raises an issue of, um, you know, people do worry about their um, greyhounds and about the welfare of greyhounds, and, you know, the fact that sometimes they're treated just as commodities rather than as living creatures and that's that's what you'd worry about with this sort of situation that somebody wasn't taking the welfare of these animals seriously they Mm -hmm. were seeing them simply as profit machines that were when they were finished with them they could just be discarded without any regard for their for their um, welfare and Mm -hmm. that's the concern
1: and that is you know what happens isn't it like Mm -hmm. greyhounds are they have a purpose which is generally to race and then once they can't do that anymore they're pretty much useless
0: but that's that's take that's that's the one view i suppose the yeah. other view is that many greyhound owners are very caring for their animals mm. and um they they'll sometimes keep them as pets afterwards yeah. or they'll indeed be rehomed and and greyhounds can make very very good pets ex-racing greyhounds people might think that they might be too anxious or too mm. nervy or too too much of live wires to be good pets but that's not the case in fact very often they can settle very very well into a uh, um, a regular household with with other animals, and you know, um, they're they're animals that don't need huge amounts of exercise. They're kind of big lazy lazy yeah. lumps, really, you know. And you need to exercise them, of course. But you know, um, people's preconception of them is often mistaken.
1: Mm. So, yeah.
0: so I mean, you know, this sort of saga where, where where animals' bodies are found like this, you you kind of. Hope that it's, it's something which doesn't happen too often, and you. I I, I, I see also that the Irish Greyhound Ball Board have been have been asked to look into this, and so let's hope that they reach some sort of conclusion and that this kind of um, situation can be minimised in the future.
1: Mm, yeah, it is, and it's it's you know it's such a sad thing to see. Mm. Um, with any animal, but especially you know dogs in, in, in particular. A, a mm. query, a query came in with uh, from somebody, and this is another interesting topic that maybe mm-hmm. we can talk about. Uh, somebody was out uh, walking over the bank holiday weekend, and they they, get, they met somebody who had just found a cat who had been knocked down. Uh, now the cat was was, was still alive, was mm-hmm. was obviously uh, was obviously injured, mm-hmm. but the person just didn't know what to do, and yes. they weren't sure. And in a situation like that, you know who who is responsible if if mm-hmm. if you find a cat or a dog, or any kind of animal, what is what is the procedure there, or who is responsible mm. for that?
0: Well, I, I, the, the person who's responsible is the owner of that animal, mm. and that's the difficulty, because often the owner can't be found, and so what should a person do? Um, the, the thing that has to be paramount in that situation is the welfare of the animal. So the animal should be taken to the vet as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, now, that happened on a bank holiday Monday. What that would mean would be that the the vet would have an emergency service available rather than the vet being open as, as normal, just like any other business on a, on, on a bank holiday. Um, all vets do have an obligation to provide access to an emergency service. So if you just phone, if that happens to you, you phone um, the local vet, you'll get... Um, either get put straight onto the emergency service or you may get left, you might pick up an Answer Machine message that tells you how to access mm-hmm. the Answer Machine Service, um, the emergency service. So you then contact the emergency vet. Now, what's going to happen is the emergency vet is, is going to say to you, well, we can't come out to you. You know, being being fair, vets aren't going to come out to the side of a road to a road accident. It's, it's you know, it's, it seems like that's what people would want often, but in practice, like I it's know as possible. a vet, I've often done that mm. in the past and get there and discover that the animal's scarpered or yeah. or, or, or whatever, mm. and, and it's just not efficient use of time. You know, it, it might take somebody 15 minutes to get to the vet um, and... Um, the alternative is oh, the vet going out to get the animal to come back again, now it's half an hour to get the animal to the treatment centre. So the best thing is that the person picks up the animal, in clothes, whether it's, if it's a dog they put it on some sort of leash, if it's a cat they put it into a box of some kind and then they put it into their car and drive it to wherever the emergency service mm-hmm. is provided from. And of course, then what comes up is the thorny issue issue of who pays. Yeah. Okay, so there are obviously costs involved. Um, if, if I, as a vet, um, pick up a syringe and fill it with some substance and inject it into the animal, that's costs something. So who should pay that cost? Um, and the owner of the animal should, but they're not there. So what mm. happens? So, you know, there's no legislation for this sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, it's something which has to be, I suppose, um, made up as it goes along. And um, most vets, all vets, I believe, would take the attitude that the most important thing is the welfare of the animal. And that means if the animal's in pain, it needs pain relief, and that will be given, end of story. And what a lot of vets would do is they would... they would. Um, ...feel obligated to give first aid to the animal to make sure that any suffering is minimized. Um, and they would, um, if they have to, they'll do that themselves. Mm-hmm. If no, if a person who's found the animal says, look, I'll contribute something towards the cost of that, that's fine as well. But whatever, that much will be done. What gets more complicated is if... Um, let's say if the animal needs detailed investigations and more complex treatments let's say it needs x-rays blood samples maybe it needs to go onto a drip mm. all that sort of stuff but that gets really complicated because that can get terribly expensive and you know should the vet pay for that? Um, because it might happen that um, the animal is, is is rescued and brought back to life, and then doesn't have an owner, mm. or indeed the animal might die. And sh- should the vet bear the cost of that, or, or who mm. should do? It's kind of like a complicated area. It's kind of a
1: grey area as well. It that, is. you know, that there's, n- there's no right or wrong wrong answer for it. And we're, we're talking there about dogs and cats. Mm. What what should or what should people do? And it's it's a situation I found myself in recently um, for something like a fox. If you're if you're Driving along the road and you hit a fox, okay. Mm -hmm. A lot of the time, the fox will will die.
0: Yeah,
1: if it's not, what what would you do in a situation like that? Same thing,
0: the same thing kind of applies. I mean, in all the situations, you should add, you need to take human safety um, as being paramount as Mm. well, and wild animals will bite if they're in close proximity to humans, and so will often dogs and cats, they'll they'll, they'll lash out because they'll be in pain. And mm. they, So you have to make sure you don't get bitten or scratched yourself in those situations. Be very, very careful about that. But again, with wild animals, it's like an ownerless pet. Um, there's nobody going to pay. Um, so you just need to get the animal to the vet, and you need to sort something out with the vet, talk mm. to the vet about it, and, um, you know, um, we vets, um, when, when we qualify, we, we make an oath um, swearing that we p- will put welfare of animals first and, you know, we'll sort something out one way or another. Mm. Um, but but you have to remember that for you, it's a one-off situation. For vets, we see this every day. Mm. And so, you know, y- 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 you can do so much pro bono work, but, you know, um, there does come a time when when, when it, it gets difficult economically to continue to, to do that sort of mm. stuff. And so um, if, if people involve feel that they can contribute financially, it does help to sort of mm-hmm. smooth things and make it easier to, to do things in the best way.
1: Okay, just a uh, uh, query come in by text as well. Mm. Um a, a dog that's um, eating grass quite a lot, what what can yeah. that mean? I
0: get asked this so often on the radio. Yeah, why is it doing it? Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, nobody knows, like, pe- people have I've asked my own dog many times, you know, and he just looks at me and takes another bite of grass and carries on chewing it, and he doesn't answer me. It's so obviously quite common that. Very, very common. It's thought that they do it in some way to aid the digestion, uh, um, and that the extra fiber that they take in in some way makes them, um, helps the digestion, or sometimes it can even induce vomiting. Some dogs seem to eat and then they bring it back up, bring up the grass. As well as some food, and that's—it's right, okay. almost like it's a natural kind of way of making themselves sick. Um, okay, uh, so it's not necessarily
1: so anything to, to be worried about. It's
0: definitely nothing to be worried about. And that, very occasionally, a dog with a with a with a medical condition will graze vast amounts of grass. And mm. you know, if that's happening, you know, you should you should really talk to your vet about that and get them checked out because that'll okay. be uncommon. Okay, <laughs> brilliant. Okay,
1: um, Pete Weatherburn, thanks very much for uh, right. joining us.